Welcome to the Seven Figure Flipping Podcast, where we take you behind the scenes of wholesaling and house flipping businesses. The systems and automation that we discuss will help you build a real business instead of another job for yourself. From beginners to those doing hundreds of thousands a year, we go deep into the details and strategies that are working today. And now your host, Bill Allen. Hey everybody, welcome to the Seven Figure Flipping Podcast. This is Bill Allen, and today I've got an incredible show for you. This is very, very timely for what's going on in your world right now as small business owners. We have this CARES Act that came out. We've got all this stuff with the coronavirus happening right now. And I was on a webinar last night with probably the top uh, mind in this space, hands down. About a year and a half ago, I, I have a bunch of IRAs, 401ks. I do loans. I have properties. I do owner finances in there. And I've never really found somebody that I feel like could keep up with me in the IRA space with um, what I wanted to do in the... as. It just, I read the, the tax law, I read all this stuff, I get to know it, and I've been looking for someone who could um, give me some guidance. And I, I was referred by one of our mastermind members to this guy, went down to his event in Puerto Rico about a year and a half ago, met some amazing people, and seriously, it, he blew my mind with the amount of knowledge and information that was given at that event. Uh, you guys know that are in my community, we're just go-givers, and when I went there, it was... I. I, I got 100 times what I paid for at this event. So I'm honored that he took the time. I know how busy he is to share this information with you guys. Um, did a paid webinar last night, which was worth a thousand times what I paid for it. It's just absolutely insane. And he talked about some stuff that nobody else has been talking about. I've been following these webinars. I've been reading the documents. So I'm really excited to bring you uh, John Heyer. So John, how are you doing? <clears throat> oh, throat's kind of rough. Um, I, I got some bug, probably that, that bug, and so I've been coughing a bunch, so just a little bit raw, but otherwise pretty darn good. Awesome. Well, hey, I, I, I know that we have limited time here, and what I want to do is I want to make sure that we give our listeners everything they need to know about this uh, CARES Act, the PPP, the EIDL loan, all this SBA stuff that's happening, and every, you know, kind of like a, um, a little bit of what you talked about last night, because you went for probably almost three hours. I mean, I was, I, it was in the evening and I told my wife, I'm going to be there to put the kids to bed to help you out. And then I had to send her a text message and just say, hey, this guy's still going. He said he's got another hour and a half. I'm sorry. I'm just not going to be able to help with the kids. I needed the information and it's timely, right? All this stuff is happening right now and we want to get in line for a lot of these uh, grants and these loans and things like that. So, oh yeah, the mom um, was signed Thursday. And, and I've learned a few new things just today in terms of what's going on. I mean, this is changing like a, well, like a virus. I mean, it's mutating quickly. So yeah. Let me, I'll start hitting interrupt it. Well, you know how it works. Um, so first thing, people, people are freaking out either about their tenants to the extent you've got some or about their employees. And let me tell you, one of the things the government did the work the workers um, I always want to say workers comp it's the unemployment insurance has been massively massively supplemented by the government right if your tenants worked they can pay you I, I'm telling you they can pay you because here's what's going on the federal government first of all added to eligibility so people who did not used to be eligible for unemployment insurance are so if you're a contractor or if you have a tenant who's a contractor they're like, oh, I can't get it because I'm not an employee. Yes, you can. The feds changed the rules and said, if you're a contractor, if you're a 1099, if you're a small business and you can't work, you're eligible for un unemployment. And then they added to the amount. They also took people, for example, in a lot of most places, part-time people are not eligible, but they are. I'll tell you who's going to make money on this, the Uber drivers. Anybody who was driving Uber, especially if it was just part-time, 
is going to make more money sitting at home on work or on, on unemployment insurance for the next few months than they ever made driving an Uber. So A, a lot more people are eligible than used to be. And B, the Fed supplemented it. For example, if you're a contractor, not an employee, they're going to pay you one half of the state average per week, which is typically 200 a week, plus a federal bonus of 600 per week. People, that means that these contractors, these Uber drivers, all those people are making 800 bucks a week to sit home. If they're an employee, they're probably making more unless they were very low paid, in which case they're still getting at least 700 a week total. Now at 700, 800 a week, and that's just one person who had a job, they can freaking afford to pay you. Second, if you had to let people go, help walk them through this, right? Help make their lives better. They're not going to want to navigate the system. It's a pain because it's all this bureaucracy. There are going to be lines. There's going to be bureaucracy. There's going to be paperwork. And we know a lot of our guys are not real good at that. So you kind of have to walk them through it. But that's the first thing I want to say. In fact, one reason I'm optimistic about all this, I think between the hydroxychloroquine, which I'm on, and the um, workers' comp, which is, I keep saying workers' comp, unemployment, unemployment yeah. um, that allows people to live. I think it's going to be fine. I, th I think people are going to calm down. We're going to get through it. People are going to pay their bills and then things are going to bounce back. Yeah, I did, a, I did an interview with Bruce Norris about a week ago and we talked about the fact that we need to take care of each other. And I think that's exactly what I got from you on you know, help, help your people, uh, help your tenants, talk to them, help educate them and get them to pay their rent. You know, they can pay their rent. That's like $40,000 a year. Yeah. This, this unemployment insurance is retroactive to January 27th. So when they finally get through it all, they're going to get a big check. Now, your job is to make sure it doesn't get spent on crack and hookers. That's right. That's right. And so, okay. So we talked about that, the unemployment side, the tenants. Um, I think most of our listeners are these uh, sole proprietors and, or, uh, or they have LLCs, taxes, S-corps, or they're companies that have uh, contractors and employees. Um, because you talked a little bit about... Um, some different types of the pandemic emergency unemployment compensation also on uh, on the webinar. I, I think a lot of us, obviously we're going to keep working. Like it's for me, I'm going to, I'm not, I didn't lose my job, right? I'm not, they have to be eligible for unemployment. I'm going to keep going. There's some other couple other things that you talked about though, that could help uh, us like myself, if I get sick or some of my, um, my staff, if they get sick or a family member gets sick or their kids are in daycare or something like that. So you're required if you have less than 500 employees, there's a new law that takes effect today. Not an April Fool's joke, it's real. You are required to pay any employee um, 10 days of sick leave at their wage rate, up to 511 a day. So you don't have to pay more than $511 a day. You're required to do that, but the government's paying for it. And the way they're paying for it is they're giving you a credit against your payroll taxes. And if your payroll taxes are lower than the amount you paid the employee, they're cutting you a check for the difference. You file your payroll tax return and actually go for what they call the refundable credit. So bottom line is, <coughs> excuse me, you're required to give 10 days sick leave up to $511 a day, but they're paying for it. They're covering it. You're also required to give, I think it was, um, how many days was it? I think it was 10. I'd have to look it up. I think it was 12 weeks at $200 a day. Yeah, it was 50 days. Right? Um, 50 so days 50, at 200. Yeah, so 50, 50 days of family leave. If they have a family member who's sick, you have to pay up to $200 a day for them to be gone for up to 50 days. 
But again, the government's paying for it through a refundable payroll tax credit, which means you get all your money. You get all your money, usually right away. Sometimes you have to wait a little bit, but not for long. And here's a nice angle. If you're an employee of your business, you have an S-Corp and you're an employee, you have an S-Corp and you and your spouse are employees, you can still take this. It doesn't say if you're the owner, you can't take it. So if you take sick leave or family leave, you can pay yourself as required and the government will reimburse you. It also works if you're sole proprietor. Let's say you're a sole proprietor without employees. You still get to treat yourself as an employee and get a credit against your income tax return when you file it for your sick leave and time off. Now you do have to give this to all your employees, so family or not family, whoever you got as employees, you do have to provide it. Um, but this is very generous, and I don't hear anyone talking about it. The credit per person, if you take both the sick leave and the family leave, is $15,000 per person credit. That's a decent chunk of change, and most people are just not aware of it. Yeah, this was the, these two things were the number one uh, thing that I, I, like I said, I've been on these other webinars. I've been listening to a lot of people. I've been reading documents. I've been reading articles. I've been trying to figure this all out. And that's the two things that I'd never heard of. And that's $15,000 per person. I got 50, I got two companies, 15 people working in each company. I mean, effectively, obviously somebody has to get sick or take time off because they're sick or a family member's sick. The interesting thing with the family leave that, or, that I saw was that it, it specifically stated that if there's a daycare that's closed, and you have to be home with your kids and it's closed because of the pandemic, not because your kid got sick. So that was the thing that I pulled out of there saying, well, I probably like a third of my staff has small kids that are not in daycare. Their schools are closed. They're having to, to be with their kids and homeschooling them right now. They're not able to work. So I guess one thing that came up in my mind and a couple other people for, from that side is, and, and maybe, maybe you know, maybe you don't, I'm not sure, but um, is, like, do they have to stop work? Like, is there, do I have to show that they're, they're actually unable to work because no, of all these things? No, you have to show that they had to stay home. The kids were home from the daycare. That's the thing. The statute didn't say, and you have to sit around with your thumb in your butt. Okay. Yeah. It didn't say what you could or couldn't do. Now you would be paying them the family leave and maybe you give them lighter hours, but the statute doesn't talk about that. It simply says if they're home because they have to take care of the kids, you're required to pay them that time, 200 a day. Yeah, two two hundred a day is is possibly for some people actually less than what they make, um, you know, potentially. So depending on what you have, I mean, that's a thousand dollars a week. So what's that? Four thousand a month? A fifty? Yeah, fifty grand a year. So if you got somebody who's somewhere in that eighty to a hundred thousand dollar year range, and like my COO right now, his kids are home, he gets paid pretty well. And me, my kids are home. They just got up from naps. I'm I'm sitting here. Hopefully they don't start screaming and they're all home from school right now. And both me and my wife are, are home from, from work, not being able to get as much done and as effective as we are. So that, this is amazing stuff. And credits guys way different than deductions, right? Credit is here in Puerto Rico. Cause I don't pay federal income tax. I'm one of these SOBs that only pays a 6% tax on his income total, like federal, state and local, but we do have federal payroll tax here. So even I get the credit. I'm kind of psyched about that. I think a lot of people are probably could be asking themselves now how they get that money. Is that uh, something that, it, like you payroll said, company. it payroll company? So it, your payroll company, they'll have it figured out within a week. Perfect. They're right now. They're right now. I mean, you know, I was looking at this. This law passed Thursday, all day Thursday through all day yesterday. It's all I was doing. They'll be a few days behind, but words getting out. 
And, uh, and is there time, like, is this something that has to, you have to like jump on right now or do they have time on these kind of things right now to kind of wait? Got a little bit of time. I'll tell you what you should jump on. I'll bet it'll be our next topic. Those grants and loans. Cause no. there's a certain amount of funding and there's tens of thousands of people already applied. Um, and the banks are still trying to figure out what the rules are. Yeah. So let's go there. It's probably the next one. And maybe we should start with the, uh, the one that's already available, the SBA loan, the EIDL, E-I-D-L loan. And if, do you want to start there? Well, let's compare the two, right? There are two loans, but one of them's really a grant as disguised as a loan. So the EIDL loan, it's up, you know, the interest rate, it's a loan. You have to pay it back. The interest rate is capped at 3.75%. It's up to a 30-year amortization period, so it's pretty light terms. And it's a more normal loan in that you have to show the SBA, you apply directly to the SBA on their website, and you gotta show why do you need it, right? And they're gonna have a loan process. I talked to somebody who went through the whole process. He said it was about two, two and a half hours, the whole freaking process, because they're not gonna take your word for it. They wanna see W-2s, and they wanna see prior tax returns, they're going to look at your credit, but bottom line is it's a guaranteed loan. So they know they're going to make their money and it's a very cheap loan if you can access it. And I think for um, people with large operations, especially landlords, but maybe some of the larger flippers as well, they're probably more likely to get that than the, um, oh, what was it? The triple P, the yeah, payroll yeah. protection program. So what's the triple P? Cause that's kind of, you can do one or the other per business, right? So you may have both. You may have multiple businesses, multiple entities, and one entity does one and one entity does another, but you can't do both for the same business. So you got to pick. So what's the triple P? It's a grant disguised as a loan. It's a smaller amount, right? You're going to fund it. I got to send out a corrected um, PowerPoint. I, I aired yesterday in saying that the amount of the loan was 2.5 times your payroll plus your interest uh, payments plus your utilities plus your rent. It's three. It's um, two and a half times payroll. You can use it for those other things, but the amount and a half amount of the loan is 2.5 months worth of payroll. With payroll defined very broadly, it includes contractors, so mm -hmm. it can actually be a large number. Now they cap out at 100 grand. If you've got anybody that's a contractor or a W2 that's more than 100 they only include the first hundred, so they cap it. So that, that's something that I've heard people uh, misquote as well. They're saying that they're not included if they make more than 100. If you make 185, you're included up to 100. That's how I read it right now. Yep. And I, I read it the way you just said, and then somebody mentioned it. So I went back and I had to reread it like four times because it was not written really well. But right now my opinion is it's a cap, not an exclusion. I actually got an email from my bank that's SBA approved that I'll be going through this process with that defined it specifically up to $100,000 per employee, that max. So if you have somebody that's over- bank is that? That's good that they're on it. So this bank is called uh, Pinnacle Financial Partners. It's a small local regional, it's a regional bank here in uh, Tennessee and um, I think they're in Alabama as well. So, uh, or maybe Atlanta. They're kind of in this area. I live in Nashville. So um, okay. They're really great. They do a lot of uh, banking with me. Uh, other real estate investor brought me in. He works for the bank, so uh, they do a great job for me. And I'll send you. I'll send you some stuff as it comes up, like we talked about. So the triple P. You have to swear under penalties of perjury that because of this issue, the coronavirus, 
you need the money to continue operations. And they don't define what does that mean. But, you know, I think it's safe to say, let's say your annual expenses are 100 grand and you got a million cash in the bank. You probably don't need it. So you do want to read the, excuse me, the fine print because it's a federally guaranteed loan. You don't want to say anything that's wrong on there because that's how later they play gotcha in terms of fraud and things like that. But you're allowed to use it for utilities, for interest payments, <clears throat> for rent, for payroll. And again, payroll is very broadly defined to include not just W-2 people, but actual contractors. But you do have to document it. So if you're paying a bunch of illegals cash under the table, you know, you don't, you don't get anything for that. And they don't get any unemployment. So it's got to be, you got to have 1099s, you got to have W-2s, you got to have books and records to show that you're actually paying these guys. Um, but as long as you comply with it, it converts from a loan into a grant. And the grant is non-taxable. Because normally when someone makes you a loan and then forgives it, you got income. And here they're making even an exception for that. My early hearing just today is the government's kind of, and the SBA is talking to the banks and saying, people, don't be stupid. We want you to make these loans. You're getting very well paid to make these loans. These loans are guaranteed. We want you freaking dropping money from helicopters. Don't act like a bank. So just so I understand, right? So we've got this uh, PPP, this, uh, it's like Paycheck Protection Program yeah. or something like that. So you've got, you take the last year from the day that you apply back to a year, you look at your average payroll expenses and that's per month. So then what you do is you multiply that. And so you take that multiple of those two and a half months and that's the number that goes in for that application. So if yeah. my, for example, my pay, my payroll is pretty high. Let's just use a hundred thousand dollars a month. So now at two and a half times, I'm at $250,000 I'm asking for on that loan. And then I have until, if I understand this right, from February 15th to <laughs> June 30th, basically my expenses that include payroll, interest, uh, insurance, things like that, in that those four, what is that, four and a half months now? Yeah, four and a half months. So if that number is bigger than what I borrowed, then I'm forgiven. If that number's smaller, like I only, and like you talked about, be smart about what you do, put it in a bank account, use it for those expenses. If you get 250 and you only spend during that time 150, then 150,000 gets forgiven and the other 100,000 goes into a loan. And that, it's a very generous loan. Yeah. Right? 10 years, 4%. And to clarify what he was saying, take this check from, from this loan, at least what starts as a loan, put it in a completely separate bank account and only use that bank account for qualified expenses, that's how you prove that you did what you were supposed to do. So here's a question that, that I get a lot from our flippers. I've got 10 houses going on. I've got 10 mortgages. I got 10 sets of utilities. Is this for my business's mortgage and utility? So if I either have a property, I've either leased a building or I'm operating out of a building and I, ha I own the building, I'm paying a mortgage on it. Or does this include like all my, because People are trying to read this as this includes my interest payments on 10 different loans because I'm a flipper and I have 10 hard money lenders. Well, it's not clear, right? It's yeah. not clear. It's per trader business and that's a term of art. And so it's arguable what's included. Now, here's what I've gotten. All right. Well, I'm paying 10 contractors, 100,000 each. So they're at their max for a million dollar building. So I'm going to get reimbursed for that and I'm going to get a free building from the government. Yeah, technically you can read the law that way. I don't think that's going to happen. Right. I just think at the bank level, stuff like that's going to get screened out because what are they really looking to do? Are they really looking to make your builder wealthy? 
by making sure he gets his $100,000 payment. No. What they're really looking to do is the guys that you keep day to day, whether they're employee or contractor, your handyman guy, the guy that, that drives the truck around and buys stuff, your roofing guy, that you're able to keep them employed and paid. That's what they're really looking for. And so the more it looks like that, I think the more likely it's going to function. Now, I know you guys. I know how real estate investors are. You're going to be aggressive and you're going to go for it. Just remember in your enthusiasm to be very careful what you represent and say it's a federal loan, right? And, and this, by the way, is why I think people are going to get, I think investors who are going to have much larger amounts are going to have really a capital component to this in terms of they're buying something. When they pay contractors, it's not just a service. They're buying something. I think they're going to get pushed more into the idle loans. That's my gut feel. Yeah, I think it just, when I looked at it, it's kind of a moot point for me. I looked at it, we've got mortgages, we've got other utilities and things on other buildings, but I've got the same payroll that I have to make for over four and a half months, and I only got two and a half months worth of it. So, and so the, you're not going to be able to pay all the other stuff. Exactly. Exactly. The likelihood of you like having to worry about that, it's probably the sole proprietor that was flipping a bunch of houses last year that doesn't have anybody on payroll, small payroll. And so they were paying contractors for the last year. So their average is really high. But the problem, I think the problem with the people who are trying to get around it this way is, is now what they've got is they've got this, um, they've got that, they have to keep the same average number of employees over the last year now. You can't let people go. Exactly. You can't let people go and you can't drop their salary by more than 25%. So they got that built in. I mean, you can do it, but then instead of forgiveness, now you got yourself a loan. And that was smarter than to put that in there. You can tell, even though they had to rush this, they kind of thought about how are people going to try and game the system. But I think the banks will impose limits that are not in the law itself. And some of those limits will be smart limits in terms of just stopping people from being stupid. And some of those limits will be the banks being banks. And that's the key, guys. You can only apply per business for one loan at a time. One of the things that you're signing on the loan application under penalties of perjury is that you're only applying for one of these at a time per business. You can't go out and apply to 50 banks and then take the one you like. Yeah. So, so that, uh, what John just said, not, not firing somebody, you have an average number of employees. You have to keep that. I've heard a lot of people say that you can actually downsize by 25%. I think they misread it to say that 25% that's, is a reduction yeah, in payroll. Reading it right now. And again, it's new law. So I will go back and reread it. But right now, the way I read it is you can drop salaries by 25% but you cannot let 25% of your people go. Yeah. And it makes sense because they want you to keep people on staff. And, and uh, the other thing that, that I'm wondering, we have somebody who quits during this period, right? Um, so that drops my average number of employees. So I'm assuming, it, right. I'm assuming that it just encourages us to go replace that person. So our average yeah, may, may stay. So effectively the government is trying to keep our business the same size, keep injecting money into the economy. Just like I saw on September 11th, it was go out and spend your money, go out and put money back in the economy. They're encouraging us to keep people working, yep. to hire, to make sure that people are getting paid. They're not sitting on their couch doing nothing. And if they are, they're sitting on their couch doing nothing and getting paid for it um, yeah, and things like that. Well. So, and so the idle side is, um, is more of a loan. It's not forgivable. It's, uh, hey, I'm going to take up to $2 million, very low interest, like you said. Flippers, it makes sense. You might be wanting to do that. If you don't have a lot of people on payroll, you can get $2 bucks potentially at 3.75% interest. It's like the best hard, soft money, whatever you want to call it. That you can. Oh, yeah. And, but it is collateralized over $200,000, right? Yeah, so over $200,000, personal guarantee and collateral. 
Yeah, put it to something. So that's probably where some of the flippers will land that don't have big payrolls. I'm kind of like in my in my real estate company, I'm kind of between the two. If I can go get $2 million at 3.75, it's exciting. But um, I also have a pretty big payroll to make. So $250,000 today or saving a ton of interest over the long term is kind of the question there. You know, it um, depends how much you need yeah. and how badly you need it. I'll tell you, if you keep in mind restaurants, that's what um, the, the handout, the, the, the triple P, that was designed for restaurants. They're the ones getting destroyed. Yep. No income. They got a lot. And they got all those independent contract 1099 folks that aren't W-2. Pretty much their whole staff is probably 1099 or. Or they're W-2, but they're only. They get paid very small yeah. salary, not including tips. So yeah. it's, yeah, that's tough. I, yeah, I can see, I can see that for sure. What about interest? Like, um, so we talked about, you know, using it to pay interest. What about business debt? Like you have uh, promissory notes or more or like unsecured mortgages and things that's debt on a business. Do you have any idea about that? You know, here's how I kind of look at it on the triple P and I think you alluded to it. The amount of the loan is two and a half times your payroll. Pay your payroll for, for two and a half, I should say two and a half months worth of payroll. Pay the payroll for that time and then pay whatever else you got money to pay. But can you use it? You can use it for loans that existed as of February 15th to pay the interest on those loans that are related to that business. Yeah. You, um, so you're also an IRA guy. So these, these solo 401ks that we have, so they also build in the a, amount of uh, matched um, uh, retirement accounts too, if I, if I read it right. So, yeah, so part of salary is what you're putting towards employees' retirement or matching towards it. So it's- So me as a- and again, here's what you shouldn't do, right? We had somebody ask yesterday, all right, so I want, I want to get, um, I want this forgivable thing, this triple P, so I'm going to go hire my five kids and pay them through it. No, you had to have had employees before and hire them. If you play stupid games, you're going to win stupid prizes. Yeah, and the mortgages have to be done before February. Uh, a lot of the, you know, it's, they take the last year, so you can't go back a year and start But yeah, you can definitely pay um, pre-existing loans in other words, you didn't go take out a loan because you got this thing. They're existing loans. You had an obligation to pay. You can pay the interest on those instead of the payroll. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, and it's, when I say uh, instead of the payroll, you still have to pay the payroll. It's just going to be with other money. Yeah. I think, I think a lot of the people that are trying to game the system, like I said, is a moot point because you're, you're using two and a half times the money that to, to, for four and a half months. So if you keep the same staff, even if you reduce by 25%, you're, you're going to use up all the forgivable money. Paying it's, your staff. Unless you had a massive staff, well, that still doesn't even work. Like, I can't even people. run the numbers. So here's the people this is hard for, and then here's the ones it makes sense for. I got a relative who has a restaurant. That restaurant's closed. So if she goes for this thing, she has to make sure to rehire her staff and pay them for the two and a half months. And she can do that. But if the thing continues beyond that, she's still in a pickle. Mm -hmm. You know, I think it's this is more helpful for people who, how there, maybe the staff could be doing something else. Yeah. Right. You can retask them. And so you're not making money, but while you've got them employed, there's still some use for them or you have enough of a reserve that things are still in doubt, but two and a half months would be nice. I think those are the people it's going to help, you know, talking to that relative of mine. I mean, the first question I'm going to ask her is, do you really want to continue? this business was doing so, so to begin with, do you really want to take what reserve you've got and try and salvage it? So I guess it really depends. So I wonder then, 
are you guys, the flippers and the wholesalers, especially the flippers, because they're employing a lot more contractors, right? The wholesalers tend to be pretty lean. Because mm -hmm. just the nature of wholesaling, there's not a lot of investment. The flippers who have actual rehabbers and such. So now I wonder if they hire the rehabbers, can they be doing something else? Assuming that they're still not rehabbing. Maybe they're rehabbing, but they're getting tight on capital because right now you can't sell. See, that's where you have to ask the questions. I get all these questions where people shoot me these generic questions. You know, I'm a flipper. What should I do? Well, that's, that's not enough details. I need a lot more. Just let's walk through. Here are the different options. Do you have employees? Do you have contractors? Do you still intend to have them after? Um, how long of a reserve do you have? Do you have an, are they still working and you're just not getting paid? So there are things for them to work on. Are there alternate things they can work on? Or if you pay them, are they just going to sit at home? And so you have to ask those questions to figure out what do you do? Because one of the answers to what do you do for some of these restaurants in particular that were barely making it in good times, I've talked to a few of those guys and I told them, shut it down. Yeah. Shut it down. This is not optimal under any circumstance to continue. Yeah. So the, the idle loan, a big question that I see a lot is, like, how much am I going to get? You fill out the application for, for all of that. I'm assuming that the SBA is just coming up with that number based on- <laughs> They're um, fine-tuning. I just saw a new application this morning. So they're actually on it. They've been pretty proactive of determining how much you need. Um, you guys that were on my webinar yesterday will start seeing some of this stuff because some of you are sending me as the stuff comes in, hey, this local bank has this program or this national bank has this program and it's really good or run screaming from this one. But we're also seeing stuff from the SBA for the idle loans. So it's, I'm, I'm a little surprised, pleasantly surprised, how fast they're moving. That's a good sign that they're actually going to get this money into the economy. But, you know, what's their criteria? They make a loan evaluation the same way they do any other loan, taking into account that they're going to have some federal funding. But they're still going to look at how much do you normally make? How much will you make when things come back? How much do you need to get by? How much collateral do you have if it's over a certain amount? So when it comes to the idle loan, they're still looking at it the way you look at a loan, probably with more flexibility. And let's talk about, because this is so totally misconstrued, that $10,000 grant. Like I can go apply for 10 grand and I've got three LLCs, so I'm applying for 30 grand. No. So what happens is, the idle grant, first you have to apply for the idle loan. Then you apply, let's change our terminology. Then you apply for a $10,000 advance that they have three days to decide if they're going to deny or give it to you. If they choose to give it to you, they don't have to. And then they later turn you down for the loan, you don't have to repay the ten grand. But if they grant you the loan, you can't say, no, I don't want the loan. I just want the ten grand. The ten grand is a loan at that point. So is that, that ten thousand dollars taxable, like the PPP, since it's been forgiven? Do you know? Yeah, if, if it's um, if it's forgiven, you don't take the loan, and it's forgiven. So I take I take the ten thousand, but then I don't is, get uh, the I don't get the, <laughs> the way I read the law right now. It's taxable because, okay. and, and it sucks because it takes away from some of your PPP forgiveness to yeah. the same amount. But I did not see a provision in the law, unlike with the PPP, that said that that's tax-free if it gets forgiven. Yeah. So, so what I did, for those of you guys who are listening, I basically applied for the SBA 
last week to, or, or earlier this week, just to get it kind of get in line. And whether I'm going to take it or not is unsure. So while I process this PPP and then it looks like I'm going to take the PPP. So I'll probably then say no to the, to the idle loan if I go through the PPP because it's one or the other. And hopefully you guys yeah, you got that while you're both. listening. Yeah. You can apply for both, but you got to take one or the other. That's right. Yep. So hopefully you guys got that. And the other kind of aha that I had on your webinar was this sole proprietorship. So I have a couple Airbnbs that have been getting crushed the past few months. Oh my and God. I, sure. I didn't think about that from, cause it's, it goes just straight flow to my tax return, right? It's not a corporation. It's not an entity. It's none of those things. It doesn't have an EIN. So on your webinar, I was like, whoa, I, I pay cleaning people. I pay the property manager. I pay mortgage. I pay utilities on that house. I pay all these things. And I know Airbnb is talking <laughs> about doing a 25% uh, payback to some of the hosts and things like that. But I mean, this PPP setup for that is, is perfect. I mean, it's, it's still a trader business. Yep. And over the and last year, Exactly. And, and over the last years, there's seasonality in there where you can make adjustments based on the season. So you have an average over the year because in the summer, my Airbnb is on the beach, kill it. And in the winter, it's fair. So I, I've been paying, you know, those, those 1099 fees go out to my property manager. They go out to the cleaner. They go out all those expenses. So that stuff can be can flow back and I can look and see how much I made as the sole proprietor, right? Because I show it on my Schedule C. And then I can take it and use it and take that average. Man, you just hit it on the head. One of the key points here, you better have your stuff organized. Yeah. Ideally, QuickBooks with an income statement and a balance sheet, preferably by class, an up-to-date tax return for at least 18, maybe 19. But you better have your paperwork and your stuff in order because you're still going to have to prove everything. This is still a loan. Even the PPP, you still got to prove things. Like, for example, what was your payroll? They're not going to take your word for it. Yeah, it that, that's really that that was kind of the aha. It was, I mean, that's just part of the value that I got right from that webinar. Because otherwise, I would have never even thought to do that. I would just said, "Oh, I got these two companies. I'll try to figure it out." And <laughs> then you started like talking about people. We already had like twenty people sign up to have us help with that. Because what we said on the webinar yesterday was, if you're no good at that kind of thing, ordering things, or your time's worth enough that even though you could do it, you don't want to. You know, again, we charge. We're not cheap but we're worth it. So we're already seeing people, we're getting their stuff together so that we can help them apply for the loan. And the real role we play, it's less applying for the loan. Um, we help with that, but it's really getting all the things, the underlying stuff together. Now, if you're really organized, you're one of these people that if I'm like, yeah, let me see your QuickBooks. And I'm like, crap, that thing's up to date since yesterday. You probably don't need our help on that. You probably got your things down. Yeah. And I think then it's like, for me, it's the, it's the strategy. Like that webinar just gave me the strategy. It broke it down for me. I didn't have to read 880 pages of documents. I got this, 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 and this. And then there's some things in there that nobody else is talking about. It was just, it was just amazing. Um, so I think if you're listening, you probably understand we've got these two different SBA loans. We've got some unemployment stuff. We've got some sick leave and family leave. And then we're not going to get into it. We just don't have the time. But there's a lot of things with your IRA, 401k, retirement accounts, as well as some commercial assets. Like I own a commercial building. We did a lot of interior renovation last year. So for what you said yesterday, I was just like, oh my gosh, this is this is fantastic. And there's also this um, net operating, this, this loss that you can take back from, um, from five years back to kind of come forward or go back or take from last year to go back five years. So there's a lot of really great stuff that's available. And there's another us. payroll credit. There are two other payroll tax angles that, again, we don't have the time, but basically if you kept people employed, the government's going to give you a gift of about five grand for that. If you were think you do things right, 
You can also borrow from the government by paying payroll taxes later. And we go into more detail on the call. Yeah, there's, I mean, we just, guys, we just don't have the time to dig into all of it. What I wanted to do is I wanted to bring this, uh, some, some of the information for this PPP loan and this idle loan uh, to light here, because I think that's the two things that probably are the most timely right now for you to get in line to apply for it. And that's a lot of the, where a lot of the confusion is lying right now between these two. And the, the interesting thing about this webinar that you did was there was so much other stuff that's not being talked about that's outside of there where that's really kind of where the gold is. You know, there's $15,000 over here on the left side of your, of, of those. And then over here, there's another 10,000. And then, I mean, I, I'm taught, we did, we probably did like a hundred thousand dollars worth of interior renovations to this building. It's nice. That's fantastic. Like and yeah, now so I can we take it. You're right off from 1600 to a hundred grand. Yes. It's all it's, right. So, so, so my, so my, my, my $99 paid for itself. And I got it. Uh, I got it on the early discount. So you should oh, be charging yeah, more yeah. after. I hope you're. I yeah. hope you're paying charging more after the fact. So um, anyway, I is there any any? I guess the only other thing that I'd like to ask that some of our listeners are probably thinking we didn't talk about the and you did on the webinar the twelve hundred dollars and the twenty four hundred dollars. There's there's a part of it that says um, if you haven't filed your twenty nineteen return, they look to your AGI of twenty eighteen. Do you know if there's a deadline of when you have to file your twenty nineteen to get that included? No, just the normal. So here's the deal. If you haven't filed, see if you filed 19, it's moot. They're going to use your 19 return yep. to make the decision. If you have not filed 19, you need to compare your 18 and 19 and decide which one's better. If the 19 is better, you're going to get a larger check. Then you want to file it ASAP, preferably electronically, and make sure to include electronic banking data because the money will make it to you faster if they can direct deposit as opposed to sending a check. And if they're sending a check, you want to make sure the address on your most recently submitted return is right. If it's not, there's a form you can file. I forgot the number of the form, um, but there's a form you can file to get them up to date. Uh, so, you got to move on it because they're going to be moving on those checks. Yeah. So somebody asked me if their 2019 was better. So they had a lot of depreci like bonus depreciation and things um, and they can't file until June or July. Does it matter? Um, that, like, is oh, there yeah. a cutoff date? Yeah, no, I mean, you gotta, if, you're gonna, if the 19 is better, you want to file it sooner rather than later because the government's goal is to send those checks out as fast as possible. Yeah, and so once they send them out, there's no, hey, here's my 19. It should have been larger. Can I have the difference? No, you get what you get. So when they start sending them out, that's probably about the deadline of when they're going to yeah, look yeah, at everybody. It'll take them a little while to process that, but the goal is to get it into the economy quickly. Yeah. So, so that you heard that guys, if you're, if you're 2018, you made $300,000 in 2019, you're in the $5,000, $10,000, $100,000 range because you um, had a lot of deductions, some commercial assets, something like that. Um, or you didn't make as much money, then make sure that you file as soon as possible to get that uh, 2019 in. So you can get that small amount of money, but it's still, it's still a good deal. Um, okay. Any, any save rounds, last minute things you want to uh, share from, from this stuff that you covered yesterday? Is there anything we left We're just off? So darn busy. You know, one of these times we'll have to do another one of these on self-directed IRAs and opportunity zone funds and tax planning and entities. And there's just so much to talk about. But on this stuff, you know, I think we gave a good overview. Good. And you know, if people want more details, then. Yeah, I love the I love the kind of like a lot of people were saying don't fire anybody, don't fire anybody. I look back and saw that they can, you can go back to February fifteenth and actually rehire the people that you fired. And then you know if somebody quits, just rehire them. Like you got just keep your balance. You know if you got the last year, you have the average number of people, and that's the way that I I understand it is going to include those contractors and W two people. So if you're including the contractors in your calculations for the PPP 
that's a number, that's a one in the column to add up on the average that you need now. So obviously, like all of this stuff matters when you get audited. But you guys know, if you know who I am, you know my integrity, um, you guys do the right thing. Like this is not about ripping the government off. Be smart about what you're doing, why you're doing it. Understand the law, understand what the, the absolute, uh, what the gray area looks like. What, like you said, the real estate investors, you guys are a little creative. But be smart about what you're doing um, and, and be able to defend it. Have, have your ducks in a row, um, have those things in order. And I think the first part about all of that is understanding this. If you understand it and you really know what you can do and what you can't do, and I think that all starts here. Like that's why I paid to be on the webinar yesterday. That's why I highly push you guys to educate yourselves, get around the right people. That's why if I could have anybody on this podcast, it was John. Um, it's it's very you know I want to I want to go to your event. I want to see it. I want to see what you're capable of, and then. Obviously, every time you roll something out, I'm going to buy it. So um, you can do an awesome webinar series on your website. It's like a monthly program that you have, which is amazing. Uh, I bought some of those webinars for self-directed IRAs, 401ks, opportunity zones like you talked about. Um, I think it's really great. And it's, I think that you're making this webinar that you did yesterday available too? Yeah, so we're, we recorded it. It's 99 bucks. Um, probably the easiest way to get it. Is it all right if I give an email? Yeah, absolutely. The landing page is a little weird. So I'll just give you the direction to the landing page from an email. But if you email help at realestatetaxlaw.com, help at realestatetaxlaw.com and say that you want to buy the, um, you know, the $2 trillion webinar, uh, they'll, they'll send you to the landing page and all that kind of thing. I should have had that link. I just didn't have it ready for the call. I kind of was bumming around all day. Yeah, well, I, I worked so hard for this weekend doing all this, like stupid hours, and then just kind of crashed today. So sorry I didn't have that on me. If they send it to that address, it's 99 bucks for the recording, and it goes into way more detail than we were able to do here. Yeah, it's perfect. And guys, yeah, we scratched the surface here. Like there's so much in there. And I know that you're kind of contemplating doing a Q&A um, for, for people if they're, if they're up for it. Um, so guys, follow John. All of this stuff is really awesome. Uh, if, you're, if you're one of our members, one of my members in the Seven Figure Runway or Seven Figure Altitude, um, John and I talked before this and I bought it for all of you guys. So um, I, we came up with an agreement that we can put it inside of our Facebook groups, our private uh, locked groups. So um, if, uh, if you guys are out there, you know, and you're part of our membership, then I've got you taken care of. And this is a big thing for me. I want every, all of you guys to be taken care of. I cannot explain it like John explained it. The last thing that I want to do is go, you know, try to regurgitate a lot of these things. He's the, he's the expert. He's the man on this stuff. It's just amazing to see what I got yesterday. And so fortunately, if you're a runway or altitude member, you've got access to this. I'll post it in there as soon as I can get um, uh, one from him. And for the rest of you guys, send them an email and tell them where you came from. Just like, I want to, I want to just blow up their email address. I want to show them what our community is all about and that you guys um, support him and you guys are serious about what you do. You guys are building businesses and uh, wholesaling and flipping. And this is a way to, to go, you know, to stimulate your business, to continue operating. Because I look at this as like, we've pressed the pause button. We've got a few months of the storm that we have to weather a little bit before the pause button gets unpressed and we can get out there and start, you know, everybody else is putting their horses in the barn. I want to be out there. I want to be out there weathering the storm. And this is a great way to do it, to bring, bring some money into your business. Keep, keep your employees going because I know that in a few months, at least my theory is in a few months, we're going to go back. People are going to start coming back out. and We're going to be flipping in wholesaling houses just like we were before. So um, keep the leads coming in. Keep your, keep your staff. What else can you do with your staff? Things like that. So um, John, thanks so much for, for coming on. I know that um, 
But from the amount of rum that you drank on the call last night, I, I would be bumming around my place too today. So uh, I had a lot of fun with you yesterday. You shared some just incredible knowledge as always. And um, I, I'm, I'm actually really thankful that, you know, today you could, you would jump on with me as quick as you did, because I know how serious this is. And I know our listeners are really going to appreciate it. Well, hey, thanks for having me. It was a pleasure. And if you would just shoot me an email and I'll get you the, uh, I'll get you the downloaded video for your licensees. Perfect. And then, uh, and oh yeah. Uh, and John didn't share it on here, but and he'll share it in the webinar. When you guys buy the webinar, like that webinar <laughs> is for, is for you. It's not to pass around to a bunch of your friends and, and other people in the business. So, um, this is how John makes a living. He's phenomenal at what he does. He charges a 10th or a hundredth of what it should be. And I'm really thankful for that. So, um, I'm, I'm glad that we could introduce him to the whole community here, uh, for the seven figure flipping community. And, um, and I appreciate it, John. Well, uh, I'll also, if you get me the, um, if you get me the, the landing page too, we'll send it out with the email and everything. Put oh, it in the show okay, notes. That. So that way um, you guys will have it in the show notes. You can look in the, uh, here on YouTube or on, uh, on the podcast apps where you guys listen to it. We'll have a link to the, to the page too and the email address that you guys can send it to. So John, thanks so much. I know we went a little bit over the time, but um, this was, I mean, we could have spent another two hours on this stuff and you did in the webinar. So yeah. go get the webinar. Like it's very rare that I sell other people's stuff on here other than mine. So uh, but look, if I didn't think it was worth it, I wouldn't be pushing you guys over there. It's maybe the best hundred bucks you ever spent. So um, thanks, John, for coming on here. I really appreciate your time. And I look forward to seeing you in Puerto Rico again soon. I need a refresher on uh, some of the new stuff and, and one of your we'll events. Down here. The, rum, the rum awaiteth. Oh, I love it. All right, John. Yeah. See ya. Thanks for listening to the 7 Figure Flipping Podcast with Bill Allen. If you want to grow and scale your house flipping or wholesaling business, check out more insider tips and strategies from the nation's most successful real estate investors at 7figureflipping.com.